Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. My name's JF, part of the team. Thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We are just honored uh, that you would take time and uh, come to the house. Uh, we got a great audience today, a great congregation, but also online. You're watching online. Man, you're, 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 you're with us just like you are here, all right? So however you're uh, watching today and listening, man, we're just, we're just uh, it's, it's, it's a really great, great day. And we're continuing our series entitled, What Did Jesus Do? When I was a kid, I used to have that bracelet, WWJD, like, like, like what would Jesus do in this situation, remember, remember you'd ask yourself like, well, let me look at my bracelet because I don't, I need any. So it's like, what, okay, what would Jesus do? I think it's really important that we know what he did so that we can actually answer that question and live it out. And so that, 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 that's where we, that's exactly uh, what we've been talking about. What did he do while he was here? What was he all about? Last week, we talked about how before Jesus started his ministry, he went into a time of prayer and fasting. In fact, we just finished up 21 days of prayer and fasting this past week, which was awesome, by the way. I'm getting all kinds of feedback from that. It's so important, the spiritual discipline of fasting. And we come together twice a year to do it corporately as a, as a body. But man, I encourage you to do it. Make it part of your rhythm uh, in your life. It's, there's just some things that 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 happened that only fasting can really tap into. You know what I'm talking about? And so uh, work that muscle. Uh, but Jesus, right? He's in the wilderness and he spends 40 days by himself in the wilderness. And towards the end, the enemy comes and begins to harass him, if you will. He's fully God, but also fully human. And so he's hungry, he's tired, he's weak. And the enemy realizes that and begins to tempt him. And we talked about last week how Jesus used a specific strategy to combat the enemy, and it was through, his, through the Word of God. And so I, I encourage you, if you missed that, you can go on any one of our social media platforms and, and track it down. But today, for just a couple of minutes here, I want to talk about how Jesus moved in the supernatural. And specifically, I want to start with a passage of Scripture out of the Psalms in chapter 77. Look what the psalmist writes. He says, what God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. Someone say miracles. You display your power among the, the people. So we believe God is a God of miracles. And in fact, Jesus performed many miracles in his day. In fact, there's 35 recorded accounts of him performing some type of a miracle throughout the four Gospels. In fact, I broke it down a little bit for you. You'll see it on the screen. You'll see here that out of the 35, 17 were bodily cures where he healed people of sickness, of ailments, etc. Six of them were deliverances of demoniacs, okay, the dark side, spirits, set free by the power and the miraculous touch of Jesus Christ. Three raised from the dead. Lazarus, remember that? And then nine miracles over nature. So that totals 35 that are recorded through the gospels. But look what John writes in his book, chapter 25, verse 20, 
or 21 verse 25. It says, Jesus did many other things as well. So it wasn't just the 35. Look what he says. If every one of them were written down, I love this. I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Don't, don't you love that description right there? So, so we got 35 on account, but John says, there's just so many, we, we just couldn't even write them all down. There, there, there's not enough rooms to hold the books of what Jesus did. So Jesus, what did he do? Well, he was a miracle working God. And one, of his uh, one of his miracles over nature was where he calms a raging storm. Now, let me remind you, the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, are four different accounts telling the exact same story. And as you read the different accounts, you get more details, right? And so today for a couple of minutes here, I wanna use two of the accounts of this, of this one miracle that takes place where Jesus calms this storm. And I wanna look at Mark's account as well as Matthew's account. So go to Mark chapter four, starting in verse 35. This is what scripture says. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Now, whenever Jesus says something is going to happen, it gonna happen. So he says, we, wait, we going to the other side, all right? So leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. If you got your Bible, underline that nearly swamped because I know that's, that, that's how we all feel right now. I mean, we have been in this physical storm called COVID-19 now for, for 10 months or so with like no end in sight. And I'm telling you, we didn't cause it. We can't control it. We don't know when it's gonna end. And we're at the point where this physical, very real storm has nearly swamped us. And so here these disciples are taking on water and look what happens. Scripture says Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Teacher, don't, 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 you, don't you care at all? We're dying over here. We're about to drown and you're asleep. Jesus, where are you? Now, don't raise your hand, but have you said that at least one time the last 10 months? <laughs> where are you at? This storm has overtaken me. It's nearly swamped my existence and you asleep. Now, let's look what Matthew has to say. Matthew 8, verse 26. Jesus this is him talking. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Can you imagine that? Like in the middle of that storm, he's like, what's the problem? You woke me up for what? Little, like, do you know who I am? 
You of little, why are you so afraid? Now notice how he speaks to his disciples before he speaks to the storm. That was intentional. So what does he do? He speaks to his disciples and then scripture says that he got up and he rebuked the storm. He rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of a man is this? He even speaks to the winds and the waves and they obey him. What kind of a man is this? Wait, we thought we know. We thought we knew who this guy was, but apparently we don't. And I'm telling you right now, for me, for you, man, there's so many of us, we thought we knew who Jesus was before COVID-19. 2019, oh, I knew, I knew who he was. But then as we've walked through this storm, we have actually tapped into another realm, another point. We've unlocked a, a new reality of who Jesus really is. It's like our, our eyes have been opened because we've been in the middle of this. And I'm telling you, this new relationship that we have with him will carry us through the rest of our lives. Who is this man? So there's three types of storms that I want to bring up. And then I got three quick ideas. And that is, here, here's the first storm that we find in, in this story. And that is physical storms. Physical storms. Jesus and his disciples are in this boat. Scripture says the wind, the rain, they're taken on water. And in our case, we're in a very physical storm right now called this global pandemic, COVID-19. And it feels like we're nearly swamped. And it's totally outside of our control. We didn't cause it. It's affected every part of our lives. And in fact, some of us are just like, we're just always on edge. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's just like, like, what's, to, what's CNN going to say tomorrow? You know what I mean? It's just like, we're just like, ah, oh, right? We're always on edge. In fact, I remember, uh, I don't know, we were probably like two months into the, into the lockdown thing. And I got two little ones and my wife, and we were in the house just 24-7. And, and, but this, remember when it was like, everyone was totally shut down? It was like, like head for the hill. And we didn't, we, we didn't really understand the virus. So it was like, if I get it, it's all over. You know what I mean? And, and so, so we're all kind of like on edge Finally, I was, one day, I was like, get in the car. And she's like, where, where are we going? I don't know. We're going to get in the car, and we're going to go over the Narrows Bridge. Have you ever been there before where you're like, I'm just going to go over the Narrows Bridge. There's something over there, right? And so we just, we, we just kept driving, man. We kept driving, and I was like, Paul's Bow. We're going to Paul's Bow, that little Viking town. You know what I'm saying? And of course, you know, everything's closed. We're just going to go there and, I guess, walk around the deserted streets. And so... We're driving. This is the first time we'd really left the house. And so, you know, that's about an hour and a half away. And we're about halfway in, and in the back seat, Dad, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, sure, I'm going to pull off here in the AM, PM, and we'll be good to go. So I pull off there and uh, closed for eternity. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, like no one, no, no bathroom. I'm like, really? So we go to the next, you know, Burger King there. Totally shut down. Now I can feel the anxiety in the car. You, you know what I'm talking about? Then this one down on the front. Now she's joined and she's got to go. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, that's a pro. You know what I mean? Oh, this is not good. And I remember, better, and she, it was real. I mean, we started out as how we were playing the radio and stuff. And then it was like, turn the radio down. And it was like, I was, 
like 10 and two, you know what I mean? I'm like, so the, this is the kid in the back seat's gonna slip my throat in a second, you know what I mean? Like, and they're just like, yeah. And then at the end, like, try here, you know? I'd pull off the thing and ah, and I'm pulling the thing, closed for the rest of the eternity for all time. And I'm like, ah, and now the tears are in the back. And now she's like, you better, you better, how could you take us out here just to leave us to die? Like we would have been better back in Egypt as slaves, you know? Ah, let me, and I'm like, ah. And I remember we pulled into some park and I saw like a park ranger guy with a green hat. I'm like, you, all those keys, you open the door. He's like, well, it's COVID-19. I said, you're going to open the, the, the bathroom now, sir. Ah! And he goes, like, get in the bath. And they all ran in there. And I just went over on this park bench and sat down. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. I almost died. They almost killed me. The mutiny. Oh my God. And all of a sudden they came out and they're just like, ah. and I remember we sat on this, I didn't even know we were at Silverdale or something on some park bench. And we're looking out and I was like, and I, we were quiet. And I just went, I went, like, were you like actually personally, like you were mad at me personally? <laughs> and there was like this long pause and we just looked at each other. We just went, COVID-19, you know, I was like, <laughs> it was just like, man, this thing, man, just, just totally. And you know, here's the thing about it. This physical storm, man, that we can't control, it's affected all of us. What happens then, it parlays into this next set of storms, and that is emotional storms, right? So, so we have an, now, now, now our emotions are affected. Like, don't raise your hand, but like we've all encountered fear in a, in a new light over the course of the last year, right? Loss of patience, anxiety through the roof, irrational conversations and, and, and thoughts and waking up in the middle, all that kind of stuff, man. And all of a sudden, through this physical storm that we can't do much about, it's now become an emotional storm that works away and begins to eat at us. And so right here, you see the disciples in the middle of that storm, they allow their fear to take over. to the point where they literally shout out, we're all going to drown. But the problem is they forgot who was still on the boat. And they forgot that Jesus had said before they entered into the storm, fellas, we're going over to the other side. And let me just say this as your pastor, we're going to the other side. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we, he, he hadn't brought us this far to leave us in the middle of the Sea of Galilee to drown in a storm. We are going to the other side. Do I know when this thing's going to be over? No, but we are going to the other side. We will get through this, but we cannot allow, we're all going to drown to come out of our mouth one more time. The spiritual, or excuse me, this physical storm, it's, it turns into the emotional storms, but then the real danger is it can move into what I like to call spiritual storms. That's the third storm of it. The disciples are so overwhelmed by their emotions that they blurt out, Jesus, you don't even care. Now that's just bad theology, friends. Like that's not true. God, you're not even there. Have you ever, don't raise your hand. <laughs> like, have you ever, you know, you don't even care about me. How, did you just completely like throw the entire Bible out the window? The spirit, this emotional storm now can lead into a spiritual storm where you're not even telling the truth anymore. 
God's not even with me anymore. And you see, this is is where the disciples find themselves. In fact, they even said, who is this guy? What do you mean, who is this guy? (laughs) You've You've seen who he is, what he does. I don't even know who this guy is. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's, it's a spiritual storm. And so I think so oftentimes storms reveal our depth of relationship with God. It, it reveals, like, do you, are you really with him? Are you bailing? What's going on right now? And here's a little thought you can write down that you can meditate on this week. And that is, what if the miracle wasn't the storm Jesus calmed on the outside, but the storm he calmed on the inside? Like maybe, like maybe that's what it was. it's really about. Jesus was always speaking to the person's heart that he was standing in front of. What if in the middle of this pandemic, God is wanting to do something miraculous on the inside? And when I say the inside, that place where our soul lives, that place where we can, through a miracle, only through God and our intentionality where we can actually pursue emotional stability and spiritual maturity. Because that's the only thing that's going to push us through to the other side, my friend. Meaning as the storm rages around us, we can actually stand firm in God. And I love this verse that drives this point home and that is Hebrews chapter six, verse 19. Scripture says we have this Hope. Anyone want some hope today? We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Now, why does your soul need anchoring? Apparently, our soul needs to be anchored. Well, the reason being is that there's a physical storm. There's things that happen that are completely outside of our control that maybe we can't even change. change. And it's so important that our spirit man, our, our emotional components of who we are, that it's anchored, anchored. And I, in fact, I even, I just had this thing laying around my house. No, that's not true. Uh, but we, we all know what this is. It, it's an anchor and we know what it does. You drop it down and it, you hook, on, hook onto the bedrock of, I don't know, a lake or an ocean, and, and then we attach it to the boat, right? And, and so what, 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 what's attached, this doesn't even really matter. I mean, you can just be all over the place, right? That boat can be in the middle of the deal. As long as this puppy's hooked on to the bedrock at the bottom of the ocean, you ain't going nowhere. In fact, I lived in Florida for quite a while, and my brothers and I used to scuba dive quite a bit. And uh, we used to try to, like different commercial boats, like, you know, the cheapest ones we could find, you know, some are, you know, ratchet, you know what I mean? Like, but every one of them, you know, we would, we would, we would dive with anywhere from like 10 to like 30 people at a time. And I'll never forget, we'd, you know, go out, you know, 15, 20 miles off of the Florida coast and, you know, and the ocean is rough, you know, and there was always a captain driving, but then there was always a secondary person, and that person was called the anchor man. Now, now, erase the thought of Will Ferrell from that. That's not what I'm talking, not the news anchor. I'm talking about the dude that would literally dive 100 feet down with a small little iron lung and personally latch the anchor to the bottom of the sea. And while we were all, no one jumped in, man, because if we jump in and we drift off, you ain't never getting back to that boat, right? 
So I could, we'd all be sitting there, right, all around the boat, wait, waiting for the anchor man to come back. And all of a sudden, this night, I was always like a 19-year-old kid with like bushy blonde hair. He come flying out of the thing. He's like, the pool's ready to go, you know? And we'd all just kind of fly off of me. And what was so amazing is that when we get to the bottom, we, we, as long as we knew where the anchor was, we were never afraid that we would come up and the boat would be gone. And like, what a, what a beautiful picture for our soul, right? And today, I just want to give a couple of thoughts. I, I want to hand deliver you a miracle that can take place within your soul that will anchor you your emotions, your spirit man can stand firm in the midst of COVID-19 and pandemic and elections and social injustice and all this stuff, right? That's going on. A lot of it seems like we can't control. We can stand firm, right? I just want to share with you just, just a few thoughts and then we'll pray. Three things you can be anchored to today. Here's the first thought. If you're taking notes, write this down. We're anchored when we cultivate God's presence. Listen, the presence of God is always there, but it's up to you to cultivate it in your life. That word cultivate, cultivation, it's kind of an agricultural term, farming. It's to, cultiv to cultivate a, a piece of land is what, what, what do they do? They prepare the soil. They, they get it ready for the planting season, for the seed. So what will happen? Stuff will grow. And if you want to grow in Jesus Christ, if you want to grow knowing him more, feeling the security that only he can provide, I'm telling you, it's up to you to pursue his presence. It's up to you to cultivate that relationship. And we all, those of you been walking with Jesus for two minutes, we know Psalm 91, but I want to read it because the psalmist paints such a beautiful picture of this reality of, 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 of cultivating the presence of God in our lives. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest. I need some rest. You know what I'm, I'm talking about? How do I get that? I got to dwell in his presence, man. I want to be anchored there. Rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will. Say He will. You're not going to think about it. Ah. No, he, He's going to do it. He will save you from the fowler's snare, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and ramp Par. You need rest. You need deliverance. You need guidance. Cultivate the presence. Write, write this little thought down. And that is, peace isn't the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. It, 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 it's, why, it's why you can be in the middle of hell. You, you can be going through the worst situation in your life. I have sat with some saints, man. When I say saints, like, like seniors, you know what I'm talking about? And, 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 and some that have been in some tough situations, right? And, and, and young people too, like young people too. I've sat with, and, and it's like, they got a, like, like a smile. I'm like, man, you're going through. How are you? And, and what is that all about? You can be in the midst of a chaotic season, trouble. Everything's caving in. But man, if you're in the presence of God, Philippians 4, 7, and 8 promises us that his peace, which surpasses our understanding, guards our heart and mind, right? 
And I can't explain that to you. You just got to go find out for yourself, right? So, okay, here's the second thought that I have for you. Let's, let's keep moving here. And that is, we're anchored when we remember, when we remember God's promises. So the first one, he, he, we're anchored when we cultivate God's presence. Second one, we're anchored when we remember God's promises. And how do we, how do we remember God's promises? Well, you've got to know his word. You have, to, you have to get into his word so that you can actually recall his promises. The word of God is an anchor. And I love the illustration that Jesus gives. Really a parable in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 25. He says, everyone that... Uh, everyone then who hears these words of mine, underline words of mine, and does them, activates them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. I want you to know today that the word of God is strong. Is if we remember his promises, we are like anchored, like we're like, we can't be moved when that storm comes. Psalm 119, I love this. My soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I've put my hope in your word. In your word. In your word. You got to remember his promises during this season. And you know what? I got to be honest with you, man. I, I'm a I'm a news junkie. Here's my confession. Like, I wake up and it's like New York Times, like right out of the gate. You know what I mean? There's Fox, CNN, whatever it is. I mean, it's MSNBC. It's like, what? You get them all on. Let's just get it all on right now. And I, I'm just like, I, 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 like, I don't want to miss any. You know what I'm talking about? And let me just say this about news. It's important. Like, we, like you, you got to be informed, right? But for me, I got to be careful because I can start putting too much time, Right? into the media and what, what's going on and all the trouble, da, da, da. And, and, and I begin to, you know, because I'm human. Is anybody else human out there? I'm, I'm human. I, I, God's word kind of starts kind of taking second, you know what I'm talking about? There's promises and it's like, ah, ah, news, ah, right? And, and, and so you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta balance that out, right? So something practical, if, you know, if you're putting 30 minutes a day in the news, man, put 30 minutes into God's word. Keep that thing ba balanced, man, so you stay anchored. In this storm out here, you can just, just like that, that boat. Man, when I was scuba dive, man, I'd, we'd come up, and, and there's, whenever you're coming up, you have to, they're called intervals. you got to stop so your, your, your lungs don't explode on the way up. It's called the bends. But anyways, there's these spots where you can, you'll stop along the way, and you got to be underwater for like 15 minutes right there. And it's just so cool to like look up and just see the boat. It's kind of doing this, right? And the waves going. Like what a, what a beautiful picture. Even as that thing's moving, you, you got balance in your life. And you're able to remember God's promises, yet staying informed. And it's just like, side note, one time I was coming up and there was like 12 Mako sharks right underneath the boat. And I was like, I'm going to wait a little bit longer. But that's a side note uh, <laughs> Here's, here's the third thought as the band comes back. And that is, we're anchored when we understand God's process. Now this, ah, man, this is the one. Don't, don't miss this one. We are anchored when we understand God's process. And if the disciples would have known that Jesus was going to use the storm to teach them something, they would have fully cooperated. 
And that's why Jesus, he spoke to his, he spoke to the disciples before he ever spoke to this storm. He was trying to teach them a spiritual principle. And I believe, I really do. I was praying about it even yesterday and the day before. Like, I, I really believe, I could be wrong, but I really believe that's what God's doing right now. Like he has the power to wipe out COVID and, he, and I, I believe he's going to do it and, and vaccines are starting to roll out now. And I, I believe that, we're, what did I say? We're, we're going to get to the other side, but we're, we're still in. There's new strains, Europe shut back. I don't know what the timeline is, but man, maybe in the midst of this, Jesus is trying to speak to his disciples right now. Like, like maybe, maybe there's something there. Maybe, maybe just maybe Jesus is preparing his church for a potential revival that's going to take place after this. And this, and this is, but, but here's the thing. You're anchored when you understand the process and you accept the process. You know, a trust the process. I don't know, we had like, like uh, professional sports a couple of years ago, the Philadelphia 76ers just tanked their whole team. And, they, and they, were, they were losing all the games so they could get, you know, get first round draft picks. And the owner kept saying, trust the process. They had like billboards all throughout Philadelphia. Trust the ESPN, trust the process. And uh, that process didn't really work out for him. Uh, but <laughs> his process always works out, right? Even, even when it doesn't make sense. You're like, this is like month 11, God. What are we doing here? Right? If you're willing to understand that. And I, and I believe that's what he's doing right now. And I believe he's, he's talking. You say, what's he saying? Well, shoot, you want to find out? It's, it's right here. Okay, R Romans chapter five, starting in verse two. This is what he wants to say. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. No thanks. <laughs> hey, you got to trust the process, right? Paul says, man, like we got it. We, 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 we're trusting the process here and, and there's suffering connected to this Christian walk. And we have a decision to make when we encounter suffering. And Paul says, rejoice in it. So we, we rejoice in our sufferings because we know, watch this, that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. Meaning if you're willing to anchor yourself to God's word and his promises, you'll be able to say, I'm going to be better than I was before. If you're willing to trust his process for you in your life, even when the suffering comes, you can say, count it all joy. This is making me stronger. This is building me up. Friend, I don't know what Theology was dished out to you, but suffering is a part of the Christian experience. There's no way around it, but it's not in, it's not in vain. Like this is part of the plan. It 
Here, write this thought down. Here's a thought I have, and that is, trouble doesn't build character, it reveals it. And for me, this past 10 months has revealed some things in me. Some good, some bad, maybe even a little bit more bad. You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, uh, I'm not very, very good in the kitchen. I'm just going to be honest. I can wash dishes, you know, and put them away. Like, I'm happy. You know why I'm happy to do that? Because my wife can crush it in the kitchen. I'm talking like, it is like, it is top. Like, I don't even want to go to restaurants and she cooks that good, you know? But there is one area that I participate in, and that would be the grilling right? Any, any barbecue dudes or girls out there too, whatever? Like you love it? Uh, I'm a poser though. I, I really don't know what I'm doing, right? But, but I, got, I got the utensils and the whole thing and, you know, it's like, all right, we're grilling. I got this. You know, I'm gonna, I'll be outside for the next three days. You know what I mean? And, um, but have you ever done this where like you're, you're grilling and, uh, you're doing the lid thing, or I don't know, however you do it, and you're like, you're looking at it, and you're like, ooh, this, this puppy's good to go. It's got, the, you know, lines on it, Ste- you know, the smoke's coming. Neighbors are like, man, that smells awesome, you know? And you're like, I know. And you're like, it's, it's and, 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 and because you think you know what you're doing, you're like, what, how do you like yours? You know, medium rare. Like, oh, yeah, if you put your finger right here, and then, you, like, doing all that stuff, and I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, you're good to go. I'll, I'll pull this one off for you. Like all, all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so there's one of the most terrifying uh, realities in my life is when my father-in-law is in town and he wants me to grill the steak because he, he's particular, you know? And I'm always like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna screw it up. I'm, it's like, it's, I'm like, can we, I'll buy. Can we just go, can we go to the rest? I'll pay for it. He's like, no, 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 no. No, you're on the grill, son. Have at it. You know, and so I'm like real stressed. I'm like, oh, I gotta nail this, right? So I take them all. Have you ever done this? I, I'm like, they're done. Like they are done. And I take them in and what, what happens? I cut into it. And I quickly find out, usually from my father-in-law, it ain't done. And I open it up and it's just like, what, what's, what's going on on the inside? It needs more preparation. I was sure it's good to go. Look at, look, at, look at it from the outside. But then the cutting took place. It was opened up and, well, what it revealed to us is that it needs some more time. So what does my father-in-law do as he laughs? Go put it back on the fire. Uh, right? What do I do? Why do I put it back on the fire? Because it needs more preparation before it can be consumed. If you can, if you can get this spiritual principle in your life, it will change everything. When you begin to understand that going through the fire is part of growth. 
that going through the fire of life, it's actually making you stronger. Man, I don't want to be cut open. How, how, do you really, how, it's, it's hard to get vulnerable at times, right? It's hard to like really say, I mean, we sing songs about it. Lord, you know, search my heart, King David in a cave somewhere. Oh my, and all this kind of stuff. And like, but do you really, like you really want, you know what I mean? Like, like, like there's stuff inside of us, man, that needs more preparation, which requi- requires some heat. I don't, I don't like being cut. I don't like the heat of the fire. I don't want to get burned. But let me tell you, man, it's all part of the deal. And so as we've been in this thing, so many of you don't even realize it. But God's been preparing you, preparing you, preparing you. It's been hot. God, I don't like this fire. But he's like, this is part of the process. You got to go through it. This is preparing you for your next season. And so I, I say all that today just to simply encourage you. But there's things that we can't control. This physical storm all around us. I don't know when it's going to end. We're going to get through it. I know that. But one thing that we can, for the most part, control is inside of here. If we're willing to say, God, do a miracle. God, if it requires getting back into the fire because I need more preparation, I'm willing to do that. I'm going to trust your process. Come on, cross this auditorium as we close. Let me just pray for you. Man, in the first service, we had a ton of folks that gave their life to Jesus. Just amazing. I, I wonder if there's some folks in this room that the Lord's been working on you just even through the reading of his word today, through that phenomenal worship. Like the second you walked in here when Pastor Jordan, Kevin began to lead worship, man, it's just something changed. And, 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 and you say, Pastor, will you pray for me right now? This Man, this season has been overwhelming. This idea of being anchored to something, I, I feel like I'm just getting, and man, their boat was nearly swamped. My, I'm like underwater. Like that, that, that thing sunk a long time ago. It overtook me. And you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Because I, I, need, I need a lifeline. I need, I need something to stand on. And right now, friends, some, those of you that are, are, are about to say yes to Jesus, man, the enemy is, is fighting you inside. No, that's, that's a fraud. You keep doing it your way. You, you know, all the lies. You're not good enough. God's mad at you. All of, all of the stuff. The enemy's doing whatever he can right now to say that you are unqualified. And, he, and to answer your question, you You are. There's nothing that you can do. It's everything that he did for you. And the requirement is for you to simply accept it, to believe. To be saved, the requirement is belief, period. So if that's you today, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you say, I once walked with him. But along the way, that anchor got detached from 
the bedrock of the bottom of the ocean and I've just been flailing. I want to recommit my life to Christ. You You can do that too right now on the count of three. Maybe you're watching online. You can participate in this prayer too. One, two, three. Just lift your hand up. Scripture says that today is the day. Revelation, today is the day of salvation. One, two, three, four, five. Anybody else? Five people. Anybody else? You say, that's me, pastor. Pray for me. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Six, I see your hand. Awesome. Online, you, you can, maybe, maybe you're in the break room of, of, of St. Joe's, or I, I don't know, maybe you're on a walk, maybe you're sitting in your family room, maybe you're in some hotel room and you're all alone and, and, and you feel isolated. You can be a part of this too. One more question and then we'll pray. You're, you're here and you say, Pastor, I, I love God, but man, this physical storm, this season of This global pandemic has really, really, really been hard on me. My relationships have been affected. I feel like in some some, way, let's be honest, in some ways I I feel like I've lost hope. You're kind of joking at the the top about, God, are you even there? But like I've actually, I've screamed that out before in the last nine months. I've actually said, that's come out of my mouth. Are you just going to allow me to die here? Hey, I want you to know that's okay. God understands. But maybe you're here today and say, will you pray for me, Pastor? I want to work that grid that you just delivered. I, I want to I remember his promises. I want to cultivate. I want to work that ground. I want to get into his presence. And then I want to trust the process, even if it requires me to feel some heat. I got to stay on that thing. There's some stuff that has to happen on the inside. I got to, I'm like it rare. I got to get up to at least, you know, medium well. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I need, like, would you pray for me too? If that's you, just raise your hand across this auditorium online, one, two, three. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to do that. Pray for me too. Pray, I'm just, I'm giving, I'm just delivering this talk, but man, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I got, I got to work this thing too, man. So God, we just come to you right now. I thank you for your presence that's here. I thank you that we sense it. I thank you for the peace that you provide. But God, there's some friends right now that are sitting in this auditorium that are watching online and on the inside, they're hurting. They're full of fear and anxiety, irrational thoughts and conversations. And God, there's folks that are here and they're ready to say yes to you. And if that was you, just, say, just do it in your own way. This isn't religion. This isn't some dogma. This isn't some, it's just simply, Lord, say it in your own way. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in you. Scripture says that Jesus came, that he, that he gave his life. He was, actually, he was actually executed. And he allowed that to happen to him, to pay for the sin of humanity required only his blood that could cover humanity's sin. But then it says that he came back to life and that he now sits at the right hand of God the Father and he loves you and he did all of that for you. So just accept that. Lord, I believe that you did that. I believe in everything that you said. I don't fully understand everything you said, but I'm, I want to pursue, pursue everything that you did and what you were all about.
So come in, begin a new work, heal my heart. God, I'm, I'm dealing with relationship issues. I'm dealing with rejection issues, unforgiveness, addiction issues. God, I know you have the power to heal me from that. And so now I'm committed. I'm committed to you. I'm saved, but now the journey begins to wholeness. So God, I just speak that over my friends right now. Lord, every believer in this room, every believer watching online, they love you, but they just feel like the last 11 months, 12 months, it's just been like this physical storm. It's overtaken them. God, I pray that you would give them hope right now. God, I pray that they would cultivate a time. They, they carve out a window in their day where it's just you and them, that they would pursue that in the midst of trouble, that they would run to you, cultivating an atmosphere so that you can work in and through them. So give them new ideas of how to do that. Lord, I just pray, Lord, right now that they would, in the times where they feel like that anchor is getting ready to loosen up, that they would remember your promises. And the way that they do that is diving into your word. Lord God, your word is so full promises, good things, good plans for each and every one of us created just the way you want us to be created. You, we, are, we are formed in your image. And so Lord God, I pray that that would become a new reality. Give, some, give someone some fresh perspective on how you see them today, Lord God. We just give that to you. And Lord, as much as we hate it, I'll be the first one to say it. We're just going to trust your process and not ours. And if that requires fire, if that requires heat, so be it. Because I know it's making each and every one of us stronger, making us look more and more like you. And God, we know that we're going to get to the other side. So God, I pray that that would bring encouragement and hope to someone in this room today, someone watching online. We give you this sacred moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.